yeah. every chat it's evolve or yeah. that's all it is evolve or die and i had i have found that helpful when you there's like the critical self voice when you're writing or i don't believe in writer's block but there are times where you're not in flow state but you evolve Okay, we're back with one of our favorite guests, Omapod VIP, Brooke Barcel, comedian, teacher, poet, warrior, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, uh, actor, sure, improviser, yes. And speaking of Scorpio, yeah, Scorpio, fellow Scorpio. Speaking of improvisation, if you heard the Halloween spooktacular, we delved a little bit into what was a burgeoning online controversy happening at that time, and you didn't have a lot you were ready to say at that point about it, which I understand, and we didn't talk beforehand. As a journalist, I was obligated to ask. That's what I learned. But you had a relationship with the Backline Theater here for a long time and did a lot of shows there, a lot of things there. And then you announced, not that you'd never perform there again, but that you would not host shows there anymore. And then you talked about that a bit on the Spooktacular and can add whatever, but I can at least summarize it by saying you weren't feeling supported there or feeling safe to some extent there. And so we're going to talk about that as Brooke has more to say and is ready to say. And so I guess... Maybe let's go back to the beginning. Did you take classes there? Or what was the beginning of your relationship with the institution, the backline yeah, theater I here? I started taking classes there maybe 2017. Okay. I took three years of improv. Wow. It took the level one through five and then a couple of the bonus levels. And then so I that's did... that's the full program, basically. Yep, all the improv wow. classes. And then I started doing a little bit of stand-up, and then I started hosting the open mic there, and I did that, and then host Babes in Joyland there. Yeah. And then when COVID happened, I started doing the online mic for the backline, and got everybody from all over the world super excited and into the backline every, every I think Tuesday night we did it. Yeah. And I had forty comedians every week, from all over the world. And then that was the last couple of years. And then after COVID, still hosting there every couple of weeks. And, and, and as this was going on, were you 100% comfortable with how everything was? Or was there always things you didn't like? Or tell us about the evolution of the relationship. There was things that I ne- didn't necessarily like, but didn't know what was okay for sure what was the comedy scene what was the backline for sure yeah and usually when you're with a group of people you're pretty safe with that group of people had i known now what i know then maybe i'd be a little bit more open to see things in a different way and then after talking to people that have been there for five plus more years than me helped put more pieces together as everything hit the fan okay so what hap- how do you define hitting the fan then? I think there's a few things that kind of like domino affected. And there was one person in particular that, let's say two, three years ago, someone messaged me and the owner of the backline and said, there's this really offensive joke online and you shouldn't let this person perform in the show because they're making grape, can we say grape, um, funny. And wow. it's really not funny. So I called that person out and I said, you either make a public apology for this poor joke 
and then you can be in my show or you just aren't going to be in the show that weekend. So I ended up taking a stand and he didn't make him an apology and he wasn't in the show. And that was like a couple of years ago. Another time I had to pull the same kid over and be like, hey, grape is triggering for some of us who have been through it. Might not be so fun to joke about on stage. Still not a big deal. Wow. So then I would consider this domino one. It would be a Monday morning. I got a call from a girl who was dating this comedian and said that he had graped her all night long. Wow. Held, held her hostage for a few hours and hurt her pretty badly. And then she was in the ER and did the whole grape kit and did all of those things on her part by pressing all the charges. I didn't really hesitate to believe her. I didn't need a lot of evidence, though she did show me some pictures of bruising and biting. And it was really unsettling because I had known this comedian for years. And then she was also telling the, the owner of the back line. So then he puts a post up accusing me of not what did I do? I accused him. Like I, I was spreading accusations of him is what he was saying that I had caused all of these things. What I didn't really do anything. I just heard what she had told me, told a couple friends, but she had told other people and then other people told a lot of people. Wow. So the, the rumors spread quickly. I wasn't necessarily spreading it, but he, because I had called him out, I think a couple other times decided to smear me. So everyone is distracted. Brooke's the enemy. She's the bad one. No one knows what actually really happened. And then it's Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, in the Omaha comedy scene Facebook group, and there's a post about how Brooke Barcel is a horrible person, and she shouldn't be believed. She makes up lies. And another comedian jumps on it. It's like they all start jumping on and in on it together, saying that I should be canceled, that I don't deserve air. Which was a little bit triggering considering I was supposed to host at the back line that Wednesday night. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm a professional. I know how to host comedy shows. I had a couple comedians from Des Moines come down just to support me and to be there the whole time. To my knowledge, none of their names were in the hat, so it was fine. But then the one comedian that had harassed me online and said I didn't deserve air and wanted to cancel me, his name was like in the very, very last hat. As soon as I saw that, I messaged the owner, everyone else that was working. I said, I don't feel comfortable. This person has been harassing me all day, which I guess wasn't a good enough excuse. So I didn't feel comfortable having him come up on stage. But then when I went to close the show, he came up on the stage and tried to grab the mic from my hand and proceeded to tell the whole crowd that I'm a horrible, terrible person. Wow. And I'm like shaking and I'm just trying to end the show with a good note. Um, I use the word assaulted. Other people didn't agree with the word assault because he didn't actually hurt me, but I felt like it was a verbal attack. Yeah. After all the harassing that had been happening online and then an also an actual grape accusation that was up in the air. So then I was like, I don't know if I feel super safe here. Then they wanted to tell me not to come to the backline on Friday night because the person who was accused of hurting his girlfriend was supposed to perform. That really didn't feel right to me. Like, why would you have me stay home when I do all of these things for the backline for so many years? So this person who, who may or may not have done it, but might have, 
you want to let that person perform okay another girl told me like five years ago she had something similar happen to her and wow. she went to the back line and told them and they didn't believe her Another girl said that she was sitting there on the couch watching a show and an audience member started to grope her during the show and she went and told five different people and nobody did anything. And I feel like we deserve better. We deserve, even if it's a bouncer that says, hey, don't get out of here. Just to have somebody to stick up for the women, the trans comedians, the queer people, the people that might be in wheelchairs. From these comedians who think that it's okay to say, great jokes and joke about beating their wives and all of these things that are really not really funny but I think that's pretty much most of what happened wow and sorry that happened and yeah, thank you for feeling comfortable enough to share I'm sorry that happened to you and the audience and everybody too were you like when the first kind of wave was it something like you just couldn't believe what was happening and wanted to give it more time or it was just it was a lot of shock a place that right. I have been such a part of for so long part of who I was as a comedian part of my origin story like I didn't want to just shut the door because what if me just being there is making other people know that there's one safe person they can talk to yeah and that I would stick up for them and if I was there I would say something yeah why do you think they, they acted like that? Sometimes having to shift your mind and to believe that someone isn't who you thought they were can be hard. Yeah. And it's easier just to go with what everyone else is thinking and doing. Some fear, maybe. Fear to stand up. Just to keep the status quo. And I guess it is surprising because you think of a lot of people that go into improv have a similar philosophical like yes and culture is very supportive um were you as you witnessed this going along like you said you were shocked by what happened were you shocked by their response to yeah, was it double very, shock very yeah shocked. very shocked still shocked but yeah the last couple of years i've really had to like use boundaries and stand up for myself and know what my truth is and if people are upset and saying things I have to look at what's actually true and if there are parts of me that are horrible then I do look at that when I try to work on that stuff but also people project right I can't control how other people act or react I can hope that maybe I at first I was like excited I thought our scene would grow and maybe get stronger and really band together but the lack of support was pretty shocking yeah people just want to stay out of it but that just perpetrates the culture yeah and was part of it you think that you've got enough going on that other comedians who were piling on were just resentful because maybe you hadn't put them on shows or other things or like it's possible but what sparked someone to join a charged pile on like that yeah i think Bree hit on it a little bit when I listened to her episode yeah that there's this culture of say whatever you want which can be pretty like pushing the edge pushing the limit speaking whatever they want us to say and so they think like me saying that joke is really triggering standing up for that is trying to censor them but it's really more about keeping people safe and then I feel like more people would come to comedy shows. More people would be more comfortable laughing. It doesn't always have to be like 
a witty trans joke. Or yeah. And what was the reaction after this started happening online? Would, were you noticing in just likes or whatever, social media stats? Oh, the other person's getting a lot of traction with this. Were you surprised how much negativity there was? Or was there more going the other way? Or were you able to think of it in such terms at a time like that? There was a lot of people that were like supporting him and supporting the negative attack on me. But a lot of the people that I saw that were doing it, I wasn't super surprised. Yeah. A lot of them, if you go to other cities, nobody knows who these people are. They just do some open mics in Omaha. Then after that started happening, what was the reaction? Support from people you weren't expecting or you have to see who your friends are or were there people that you just couldn't believe were staying silent? Yeah, there was a lot of people from Des Moines that showed a lot of support and they keep showing a lot of support. Different comedians in Lincoln, the producer in South Bend, Indiana. Like she's super, super supportive. The comedians that I know in Chicago, they've been really supportive in Omaha-ish. Yeah. Not, not as much support as I would have liked, yeah. but everyone's doing their thing and trying to keep clean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's hard when that's such a charged thing. Yeah. I guess I, I see it's, I don't know. I'd like to think I would always draw a moral line in such a circumstance and i've reached out to the back line several occasions to record with them on and i've never gotten a response back never heard anything from them so i've always been a little surprised by that too but so this was all what just a couple weeks ago really is september yeah pretty much most of september yeah, yeah or a month back and, and then i was getting like harassed in my own personal messages and really? like, i would get phone calls from unknown numbers i would get these weird texts and then i would block a number it'd be another number and i'd block another number you right can't, yeah you can't worry about that as much it's not as fresh so i've had some time to process it yeah I feel like there's still going to be a lot of good that's going to come from this. Yeah. I know the first podcast I did with you, I mentioned wanting to start like a queer female show. And I had my first one in October. And then the Saturday after Thanksgiving will be my second one at Dry Spokes. Yeah. Just to help support and have a good, healthy venue that supports. Congrats on that. Thank you. And so, yeah. Was it the type of thing did you think you should leave Omaha and this could be like the time to find a new place. Was it that serious? Doing one show in Des Moines was like, man, this whole place is so much more supportive for me. Yeah. And every other place has been so much more supportive, but I know it's not like this year isn't necessarily the right year. Yeah. Um, But definitely looking at the five year, 10 year plan, I'd love to have an RV and just travel and do shows. (laughs) Yeah. Hike. All right. Do some live podcasts from the lake. There you go. That's the Brooke, Brooke travels, Brooke makes fun mm-hmm. on the road. Yep. You could have mm-hmm. other people not as strong could have taken such a situation and said, I can't believe two parts of this and yeah. I just, yeah. this isn't worth it. And, yeah. but you evolved, you created the show that you wanted to talk about, but it sucks that you have to do that. <laughs> but sometimes you don't do the things to change unless that stuff happens. Yeah. Like I wouldn't know and I could still be there and then my energy is being sucked into this unhealthy void that I don't need it to be in. So now that I know, yeah, I can adjust and divert and keep soaring. Yeah. 
Was there anything you learned about yourself that you weren't expecting or just inner strength? Oh, I could survive something that maybe I didn't think I could or would. Yeah, I noticed like when I go through stuff like this, I, I went to the nature, I went hiking a lot, and then I went to my family and played with the kids and hung out with the kids a lot. And you just have to go back to what's most important. And then I also joined a gym like the week before wow. this happened. And it was really good for me to get my energy out and focus and do healthy things. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's a positive. It's I mean. really positive. I didn't go down a hole. I didn't try to hurt myself. I have to go seek psychiatric health care. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of deep breathing meditations and journaling and talking. And yeah, I do feel like it's for a good reason and a good purpose, even though it was probably like, it was really hard. Yeah. People that I thought were my friends or at least an okay acquaintance. It, it's, it's hard to shift your mind around all of that but it was clarifying there's no questioning on certain things like where certain people are and stuff and again it's too bad that you had to do it but I admire that you did I think I would do it again if it helps somebody out anything that that you didn't cover that you want to say I think as long as you know who you are that you'll be okay no matter what other people do or say around you just own your own truth and own your own life and Things will happen and it'll shake it, but take a deep breath. You can be okay. Brooke makes fun. Just Google it. <laughs> Taking over the world. Brooke Barcel, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, feeling comfortable enough to share that with me and with the, the show. Really appreciate it. And, and as I said, your most frequent guest now. You've rocketed far <laughs> ahead. So it's who knows what the next stop is. But we'll look forward to the new year for Brooke and all the exciting comedy. And maybe she'll be back on for some more holidays and other things in 24. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you, Tony.